0: So we open your Bible at Daniel chapter 2, and uh, we'll be turning to these scriptures and expounding these verses uh, later on in the meeting. We're speaking these nights on Britain, Brexit, and the beast, and before we go down into the subject which is found in the second chapter of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 7. Someone said that Daniel was the ABC of prophecy and revelation, the X, Y, and the Z. This is a tremendous book, this book of Daniel. We'll be going down into this image and to the toes and the feet of the iron and clay uh, which you see up there which represent uh, the different kingdoms that came and gone and one yet has to be and the toes on the, the feet the ten toes of iron and clay uh, prophecy is not yet fulfilled which you will see tonight and the next lord's day evening we'll be majoring on the antichrist that will take over in europe and remain reign there for a period of time. But first of all, let me say to you that the two most ominous and powerful signs prophetically that we're near the end of the age and we're in the latter days of this dispensation of grace is first of all Israel being re established as a nation again. And that happened in 1948 when they came back to the ancient land that God had promised them. The second one was the signing of the Treaty of Rome in 1957, re-establishing what is often called the reviving of the old Roman Empire. In a conference in Zurich, Switzerland in 1946, Winston Churchill said, in order that another Hitler can never rise, we need a vision for a United States of Europe. Does we speak tonight that uh, dream and that vision uh, is in place. Does we speak tonight, scores of politicians and diplomats and bureaucrats and church leaders are fulfilling uh, that dream. 27 nations with 736 MPs take their seats in the parliament, which is Europe. Most of all of them have transferred their sovereignty to one central power, one central bureaucracy. They're aiming for a one world bank, a one world currency, a one-world court, a one-world church. Every day you hear the news. You talk and hear, you hear about the new world order. Now sometimes this is still referred to as the Treaty of Rome. Sometimes it's referred to as the revived Roman Empire. Sometimes it's referred to as the European Union. Or sometimes it's referred to the European Economic Union. The better name for it, as far as I would be concerned, would be the European political disunity. The European power disunity. Because there's more talk about the politics and personalities and power struggle today than there is in the economy. And it stands to sense when you put 27 nations, 736 men and women into a bag together who were for centuries at war with one another, and they try to come together with their different cultures and different currencies uh, and different religions and different languages and different morals, and you tie the bag, it's no wonder you have what's going on tonight. It's no wonder you have them squealing all over the place tonight like a bag of cats. And that's what's going on because the Bible tells us that they will not join, they will not unite or cleave or stick together until the Antichrist comes and then it'll only be for a short while. The fact I say to you about this, what you're hearing every day in the news and about the United States of Europe and the common market, as it used to be called, it's uh, it's something that's satanically inspired, and if ever we had a right to vote against it, we have a right. I had a right to vote against it, because all you have to do is watch your news, and all you have to do is listen and read your Bible at the same time. Behind us is a shower of men and women doing the work of the devil under deception under the guise of politics, economics, commerce, religion, and global warming. A new world order is what they're not conscious of really what they're doing and how they're fulfilling biblical prophecy, but what they're doing is paving the way every day, every hour, for the Antichrist to head up. In Strasbourg, 666, the beast, the lie, the deceiver, who after the church goes will take a seat and be revealed, the man of sin. He'll move into Brussels as the president of of this great organization. And he will achieve what others endeavored from biblical times to do. He's the devil incarnate. He's the wicked one. He's a he, he he's an evil, wicked man to on the outward appearance in the first years of his uh, tenure he will be speaking peace. But he's a deceiver. He will achieve what others down through the centuries have tried to do but never could make it. And they talk about the new world order. There's nothing new about it, or there's nothing orderly about it, as you would know. It started away back in Genesis chapter 11 with Nimrod, who was the first type of the Antichrist. The Bible says that he was a mighty hunter, and his name means to revolt. And if you read the early parts of Genesis 11, you'll read where he says, let us build a tower and a city in the land of Shinar as far away from God as we can get, the top of which will reach up to heaven, lest we be scattered from the face of the earth by a wicked God who destroyed us in the flood. And here was the Antichrist gathering the people today. He says, Nimrod, we'll have one language. We'll be one people. And our unity is Strength. And I will rule, he was going to be the ruler, he was going to be the leader, making a bid for world power. He called it Bab Babel Bab means gate and E L means God. And we're making a b we're making a gateway to God, and I am your God and I am going to reign and there's no such thing as the God of heaven. And it says, the Bible says that God came down and he tossed it before it was finished and he scattered them across the face of the earth. And I can tell you still very much alive today, Glenn will put up a slide there and he'll show you. He'll show you the parliament and it's made after the image of the Tower of Baal. There it is. There's the old one and there's the new one. The architects of that new one there took it from this Scripture. They didn't know what they were doing. But they were building a tower and a place of refuge for themselves outside of God. And God came down and he scattered it across the face of the earth. Now, time and time again, my friends, through the word and through history, men have made a bid for world power. And every time that man, you see, the devil doesn't know the day or the hour that Jesus is coming, nor do we. Because the devil is not omniscient, he's not omnipresent either. But he knows a lot of things for his 6,000 years' experience, and he knows how to handle you. He knows what he's about. And all down through the centuries, the devil had a man ready to step in. And God pushed him back because the time wasn't ready. And you can read your history and you know better some of it than I do. Napoleon Bonaparte was one. Alexander the Great was another. Mussolini was another. Hitler was another. Military dictators who were going to take over. And Hitler says, rule and reign for a thousand years. And God knocked them back. And every time they made a bid for power, every time they made a bid to command and to take control of the world, God pushed them back until the time is right. And the time's coming very near. You believe me. It'll not by a, by, by be by being a military dictator, it'll be a, by a political deceiver. In Matthew chapter 24 and Luke 21, the Lord Jesus speaks about earthquakes and tsunamis and things that will happen in these last days in which we live. And he only mentions them all once but deception. Six times he mentions deceive, deception, that no man deceive you. And there's a massive deception going on tonight. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest deceptions for this thing here is global warming. Scaring the life out of the people. And the devil's behind all this work that's going on. And I want to say tonight, there are three main deceivers. There are three main deceivers driving the agenda that we see every day on our news. Financially, the governor of the Bank of England... Listen to him every time you hear him pushing the currency. Listen to him talking about the chaos if there's no deal. Militarily, the one the front man for the military is Macron, the French president, who he's been tipped as the Antichrist. He has given the number and the name, the number and the name of the new military force that's going to rise in Europe. They call them, he's calling them the Euro Corps. And the number of soldiers that will be in it. S- Satan needs an army. And there will be an army of soldiers rising up out of Europe who will push towards Israel. And that will be for another night. But these front men, really not knowing what they're doing, they're making the way for Satan. And as far as the religious flagship is? at Rome. It's the Pope. You talk about Nimrod saying he was a mighty hunter of souls. Well, I tell you, he's a mighty hunter of souls. He's an older man, I think, than me, and he's crisscrossing the world every day seeking to win souls. Backed by an established Protestant church, let me say, a ecumenical church. One of the leaders of these main Protestant churches, and I'll not name which one, I should. He says, We need a man, let it be the Pope would be a good man to have. That's what you're dealing with. Listen to what the ex-Premier of Belgium said some time ago, Henry Spurk. It's not more committees we need, we need a man. We need a man. And then he says, let him be a god or let him be a devil. We need a man in Europe. Well, they're going to get a man, and he'll be a god and a devil. Henry Kissinger some years ago said, we have nobody to talk to in Europe. We need a president of Europe. We need a man to sit in a seat where we can communicate with him. Time magazine some years ago I had on the front page, I had it with a a hanger and a blazer and a pair of trousers and a briefcase. And underneath it was, who's the man going to come into Europe? Who's this clothes? Who's going to wear these clothes? In other words, who's the Antichrist going to be? George H. W. Bush, Jimmy Carter, Ted Heath, John Major... Tony Blair, Bill Clinton, his wife, and Obama, and the United Nations. They're all crying for a new world order tonight. And those of them that are living and you hear them, that's all you hear them talking about. Now, all this is very good. It's all right us talking about this, and you hear this in the news. You read it in your papers. But, my friend, take notice. Realize tonight, listen that we're heading to the end faster than many believe. So we're here not to talk about politics. We're not here to spread before you what's really going on, as I have been doing. We're here to show you what the Bible says. This is the word of truth. This is the word of God. This is Daniel chapter 2, Tonight and next next week, we'll be coming into it to take the Antichrist out of it. This, this Daniel chapter 2, my friend, is a powerful scripture which you should read with your newspaper open beside you. Read it, and not only with your national paper, as I said last week, with your local paper. Because let me tell you this. That, uh, that Northern Ireland is a barrier to them. And thank God that there's play in men and women, but we will not stop it. Because in God's sovereign plan, it's going to come to purpose. It's going to come to fruition. And this incarnate devil is going to step in someday once the church goes. He can't come until the church goes. Read your Bible. When he is when when the church is taken out he shall be revealed we'll not know who he is until we're gone but you're not saved tonight you'll know who he is and you'll take the mark of the beast 666 on your head or on your right hand and if you don't take the mark of the beast he'll cut your head off and he'll damn your soul anyway so you need to get saved tonight you need to flee from your sin and come to Christ tonight for the coming of the Lord's draw nigh. The trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive will remain be caught up. And then, then, Paul says the wicked one shall come always alive and you'll be hearing this next week. He's in some of them cities in Europe. He'll, walk, he'll wake up in the morning and he'll wash his teeth and he'll take his breakfast and he'll compute maybe to Brussels. But the moment the church goes, the devil's going to take him over completely. As he did with Judas. Only Judas is Mickey Mouse compared to this boy. You bring your Bible in and come next week. Now what is the Bible? Why have you turned us to Daniel chapter 2, which was written 600 years before Christ was born? 2,600 years, 2,619 years ago. The young Daniel, the prophet, tells us all about this. My friend, we're not hearing this preached today. The prophetical scriptures are not being lifted up the way they used to be when I was a young man, a young man saved. He never hardly went to a meeting, but somebody was talking about that. I can tell you, you do your survey across the province of the older generation, and you'll find that most of them are saved through the preaching of the second coming of Christ. And my friend, if you don't waken up, it'll be too late. And I tell you with the love in my heart tonight that you need to get saved and cry unto the Lord. Now here we have, and I hope you have your Bible open. Here we have chapter 2 of Daniel. And we're going to come down these verses until we come to the toes and the feet of the iron and clay, which is democracy and, you, and bureaucracy. And that's what we have today. And this night we'll see what time there is. I promise to you that if you brought your children, we'd have you out at 8 o'clock and we will. We'll go on next week again, and we'll go on the week after, and we'll go on as long as it takes. If you come. Now here in Daniel chapter 2, as we expound these verses as we go down, in verse 1 it says, And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled, and the sleep break from him. Let me stop there a moment. This was the king of Babylon. He commanded most of the known world at that time. He was the first Gentile world ruler. And he went to bed in the palace. And he wakened and he couldn't sleep. He was troubled. <laughs> he made have had a king sized bed. He may have had a king-sized mattress. But God can take sleep from kings. And this evil, wicked man couldn't sleep. Because he saw a dream and he couldn't understand it. And the Bible says here in verse 1 that he was troubled. Tell me, are you troubled tonight? Do you sleep well? Hmm? Hmm? Am I speaking to some mother in this meeting tonight? And like Martha of old, you're cumbered about with much care care for the family, care for your health, care in your home. Are you troubled? Or am I speaking to someone tonight and you're troubled about your soul? You're troubled about the future? And you know very well as we preach these truths that this man, and this is truth, we see it every day. And judgment is coming and Christ is coming and I'm not ready. You have a right to be troubled. May it take sleep from you. May your sin and your past take sleep from you. Until you cry out unto the Lord to deliver you from your sin. Because whosoever confesseth and forsaketh their sins shall find mercy. Aye, listen sir, you have no need to be in that turmoil tonight. The Lord's disturbing you so that you might get at your soul. Sometimes he hits the body to get at the soul. Glory to his name. Put you on your back. Let you walk the floors at night. Troubled. But we not only see that this man was troubled, we see whom he trusted. Look at verse 2. Then the king commanded to call the magicians, the astrologers, and the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans. What a crowd! For to show the king his dreams, so they came and stood before the king. He was so disturbed in the middle of the night that he ordered all these men out of bed. These were the cabinet. These were the learned men, the great intellectuals of the day, the brains of the empire, the professors and the philosophers and the thinkers of the day. They couldn't do one thing to help him. They couldn't do one thing to interpret this dream that he had dreamed and that had left him. Now I can tell you all the brains in Europe can do nothing spiritually. This is a spiritual problem. It's only a spiritual man, it's only the Holy Ghost that's going to reveal what these things are. They may be mentally educated, this man, but education cuts no ice as far as God is concerned on spiritual things. I hope you're not trusting tonight in boys like this now, hold on a minute. What are you trusting in tonight to get to heaven? Hmm? Well, I, know, I hope you're not trusting in, in boys like this. He called a hold of them in the middle of the night and the four of them, and you go through them and study them. Do you see? The mighty people and the mighty men and the mighty power that they had that were under him in the kingdom. They couldn't do one thing to satisfy them I hope you're not trusting in some minister tonight, some priest tonight, some pastor tonight, some church tonight, some confirmation tonight, some baptism tonight to get you to heaven. When your soul's trembling in fear on the very edge of eternity, there's no use in reaching out for your baptismal certificate. You'll need something else you need something more. There's no use for sending for boys like this because they can't answer the problem. The night that I came under conviction on the banks of the Erne, and the ducks were making a terrible noise in the bay, it was a moonlight May night, and I come under conviction of sin, and I began to think of my past, and I began to think of my future, and I began to think of my life, and God wouldn't let me sleep. Couldn't sleep. One o'clock and two o'clock in the morning, couldn't sleep. Now, Danny Ward was a neighbor of mine, he was a Catholic. One of the best neighbors you could ever have had. Many a day, Danny Ward pulled me out of trouble. But I didn't go to none. And on the other side of me was a farmer in the name of Ernest. And Ernest was a devout Methodist. But I didn't go to Ernest. And up on the hill in the church was the minister, and I didn't go to him. Do you know who I want to? I went to a wee man, a wee farmer who used to stand in the open air and used to tell me about my soul because I knew he had truth. And I trusted him to tell me the truth, and he did. And brought me to the Lord. Let me say another thing about these men before we go on. They were involved with magic, magic, sorcery, medium, clairvoyance. In other words, they were in touch with hell. You know, there's a lot of people looking to hell for answers. I hope that you're not tinkering tonight with some sort of clairvoyancy or tarot cards or some median and trying to get in touch with the dead. It's a damnable thing, let me tell you. And if you have been at it in the past, you need to confess it and forsake it and turn from it. Because it'll put a stranglehold on you and it'll put a stranglehold on your family. There's no use in going to these boys. So we see that he was troubled, and we see whom he was trusted. But look at verse 8. We see the time. Now I'm coming down to what I'm going to preach on tonight, or going to end up with tonight. See the time. The king answered and said, I know for a certainty that you would gain the time, because you see, the thing has gone from me. They were gaining and looking for time. And if you have a marginal reference, the Bible says to buy time. You can't trade and tinker with time. Do you hear that, sinner, tonight? The time is short. Behold, now is the accepted time. And Mrs. May can tinker and footer with time and put one thing off and one day off to another and off. She can do it with the nation if she likes, but you don't do it with your soul. Behold, now is the accepted time. Come now, let us reason together. Don't be saying tomorrow, don't be saying next week, now, come now, today if you will hear his voice. Harden not your heart. Now watch this carefully as we come on down. He was troubled, he trusted. You see the time, you see the terror. Look at verse 12. For this cause, because they couldn't tell him, he was furious and angry and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon and their families. If you look in verse 5, you'll see their families. He was going to cut them all in pieces. He was going to bulldoze their houses and he was going to empty dung on top of where the houses were that's that's the sort of boy you're dealing with here now but he's nothing compared to the Antichrist what do you see here in verse 12 and verse 5 you see the terror the terror that he put into these people and I say to you again listen Once the church goes, you'll have to take the mark of the beast. In the days that are ahead, let me say, the seven years of the tribulation are awful days that's coming upon this earth. The like of has never known, the Bible says, since the world began. The things that you're seeing now, Jesus says, are only the birth pangs. They're only the the, 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 the contractions. That's all they are. That's the word that's used. And when you see these terrible sights and, and you see these volcanoes and fires, it's only the birth pangs of things to come. Look at a woman giving birth. The birth pangs they get worse and they get worse and they get worse until the child is born. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And I'm glad tonight that I have a blessed hope. The blessed hope of the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a great hope. And every born-again believer in this meeting tonight, and listen to me, has this great hope. will not be here when the terror comes. And we're seeing it, only wee bits of it, at the moment. But before I leave this and go on down, I want you to look at one more thing here. There's the throne. Look at verse 15. Daniel comes on the scene, just 17 or 18 years of age. Daniel's included in the slaying match, him and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. The four of them were going to be slain with these men. Daniel went in before to went to Arik, the king's captain and says why is this decree so hasty from the king then Ariok made the thing known to Daniel, now watch this then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation watch this then Daniel went into the house and made the thing known to Hamric, Mishael and Azara those were the names that were given to them, Shadrach and were their original name, Shadrach Meshach, and Abednego the same people And in verse 18, he went in before four of them got together and the desired mercies of the God of heaven concerning the secret that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Verse 19, then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Let me tell you this four young men went into a night of prayer. Four young men went into the, into, the, into the house and into the night of prayer in the dark, evil, and wicked hour that they were in. These men went into prayer because there was no other answer, there was no other solution. Would to God we the men raised up to pray. Where are the nights of prayer and fasting now? In this critical hour in which we in, we need young men with all my heart, I plead. We need men to be done with their business, done with their work, done with only taking just whatever it is to keep you living and getting down before God and crying to God and win the lost. I cried to God for mercy. We need to cry to God for mercy. And as I close, I'll show you why. These four men went in before God. And if you read on down, we haven't time to read the verses. And they say, there's a God in heaven. And there's a God in heaven who answers prayer. And we're going to stand in the gap and we're going to cry. And I tell you, those men broke through in that night of prayer. And God showed them things that still has yet to take part, take place. He showed them the whole thing about Brexit and Britain, and the beast, in that night of prayer. And God shows us things in nights of prayer, and we approve that here. We've proved it without any doubt that God answers prayer. And whatever your situation might be tonight, listen, there's a God in heaven. I'm glad there's a God in heaven when I watch this playing out before me every day. When I watch the deceivers and the liars telling us that the whole thing's going to collapse, scaring the life out of the people. There's a God on the throne tonight. and He's bigger than that crowd in Europe. And so we come down to where we're coming tonight. He was troubled. He trusted the time, the terror, and the truth. Look at verse 28. Daniel comes out of the night of prayer with the other men. And God revealed to him that night. He must have went to bed because it revealed to him in a dream. Maybe it was in the night of prayer that he revealed it to him. Maybe it was the next night or the next day, I don't know. But God revealed everything that the king saw. And he saved the lives of all the rest of them. God only knows when we go to prayer and intercede before the God of heaven what lives are saved. Look at verse 28. But there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets. He went into the king and he told them this. That makes known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be, watch this now, in the latter days. Now you underline that. That's not the last days. The Bible speaks about the last days. But it also speaks about the latter days. That's beyond the last days. Now here, this is beyond the last days. What you're going to see tonight and tomorrow, next Sunday night. You watch that again. Get that into your mind and score it under your Bible. If you mark your Bible, what shall be in the latter days? This is all prophetical from now. All prophetical, what we're dealing with. We'll deal with the history, but then prophecy. Now watch it again. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed, what should come to pass hereafter. And he that revealeth secrets maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living. He's not going to take the glory for it. He's given God the glory for it. Nothing to do with Daniel. It's to do with God. Would that God would give him the glory. But for their sakes, that shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou mayest know the thoughts of thy heart. And Then he tells the king what he saw. And I can see the old king nodding his head because the dreams coming back to him now. The whole thing is coming back to him. Verse 31, Thou, O king, sawest, and behold a great image. Put it up there. Behold, thou saw a great image. There it is. That's what he saw. Thou sawest a great image whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. The image's head was a head of gold. His breast and arms of silver. His belly and his thighs of brass. His legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. And then thou sawest still a stone. You see the stone there? Thou sawest still a stone that was cut out without hands which smote the image upon his feet that are of iron and clay and break them to pieces. That's the feet and the toes now. Then was the iron and the clay, the brass and the silver and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer. threshing floor and the wind carried them away. And no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. I'll be proving to you that that stone is Christ. I'll I'll be showing to you that he is the only one that has a new world order and he's going to fill the earth. And that stone that was cut out with hands, man, had nothing to do with the making of Christ. It's nothing to do with men, it's God. And that stone cut out of hands, I'll be proving to you from the scripture that this stone is Christ, and he's going to smash in the latter days. It has to come yet. He's going to smash this whole outfit. And that whole old tower of Babel and the whole thing, and he'll scatter it as he did before, and he'll put them into chaff. Antichrist and all. And Jesus shall reign for a thousand years. Jesus shall reign where'er the sun does his successive journeys run. Look at them again. Head, fine gold, breast arms of silver, belly and thighs, grass, legs of iron, and feet, part iron and part clay. The head of gold was was Nebuchadnezzar Babylon's kingdom. Isaiah called Babylon the golden city. And he lasted for 66 years. Now Daniel's telling them that. Daniel's telling them that you're this head of gold and you're going to last just 66 years. And the Medes and Persians, which is the silver, the chest and the arms, Which was inferior comes inferior all the way down from the gold and silver. The Medes and Persians will conquer you and destroy you and they shall reign. World empire, 208 years. Then in verse 39, the Grecian kingdoms, the kingdom of brass, Alexander the Great. The belly and the thighs of brass. And Alexander the Great conquered the whole known world and at 29 sat down and died because there was no more worlds to conquer. You know your history. I don't. I left school when I was 14. Someone said, why did you leave school when you was 14? I thought you went to 15. Whenever you were, uh, in your years you went to 15. Well, I changed it to 14. But those of you who are doing your history would know this is just before you hear. This is history we're talking about. The Babylonish golden Nebuchadnezzar. He was put out to eat grass. Remember God smashed his whole pride and his whole gold. They say everywhere you went in Babylon there was gold. There was gold pots and gold pans. And gold swords. Everything was gold. God smashed the whole thing. And the Medes and Persians, Darius the Medes come in. And with his force and army, he conquered them all, and he took up reign. And then Alexander the the Great came in, the Grecian kingdom, the belly and thighs of brass, everything that Alexander had, all his soldiers, the brass helmets, the brass swords, the brass shields. But that's all history. And then in verse 40, And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron. The legs of iron. Let me tell you that the legs of iron take up half the whole image. For the legs of iron and the iron he gives six verses to, and some of these he only gives a part of a verse to study it. The iron kingdom, of course, is Rome. Rome. The Ironsides, the wicked evil six or seven Caesars of Rome blasted the other kingdom, that other kingdom, the Grecian kingdom smashed it and Rome ruled for 644 years. The Roman Empire ruled longer than the whole rest of them put together. Now, hold on. Whenever you come to Malachi in the Bible, there's white pages. 400 silent years, the scholars call it. Well, a hundred and so years into that, 400 years Rome took rule. And whenever we open in Matthew's gospel, Rome was ruling the world. You know that. Well, we know that because when Jesus, when Mary was great with child in Nazareth, Caesar Augustus of Rome put out a dictate that all the world would be taxed, and they had to travel up. You know the story. Rome was in control and ruled on for hundreds of years after that. And and, and Paul and Peter and all them. And the church was born. Rome ruled on. And and they ruled on. And they brought in the crucifixion. And it was the wicked, evil, Roman empire that crucified my saviour and he's going to destroy them when it's coming again because Rome was never defeated this is coming down now to where we're coming off from next week Rome was never defeated they were scattered that's why they talk about the revived Roman empire In the whole area where Rome ruled, and she never ruled here, by the way, the whole area that they ruled, at this moment, is revived again, coming together again. The iron on the clay. The iron speaks of strength, and deceit, and wickedness, Military power. And the clay speaks of democracy. And that's what you have. The toes and the feet. The Bible says, and we're not going down into this tonight, but let me tell you that you find out many times it says there in those six verses that they don't mix together. Iron and clay cannot cleave together. That's what you're watching. watch the news tomorrow night in the vote that's what you're watching they will not cleave together until for a short period the man of sin the antichrist will step forward rule roamed longer than all put together the roman legs is half of the image more verses given to it than any of the rest. So the Lord's getting a message to us. Look at verse 44. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. That hasn't happened yet. Which shall never be destroyed. That's the Lord setting up his millennial kingdom. Rome come into power and bludgeoned all the rest of them into subjection. And then she fell, gradually. Do you know how she fell? She was never conquered. She was never defeated. And the toes are wiggling. <laughs> They're wiggling tonight. And The two big toes is France and Germany. They're dictating. Let me do this before I close. There's so not of time to show you where the Antichrist is going to come in here and when. But it can't be very far away. And let me emphasize again, the coming of the Lord is in two stages. Someone said, you don't, didn't make that too clear last week. Well, we'll make it clear tonight for you. The coming of the Lord is in two stages. There's not one thing to be fulfilled until he bursts the clouds and takes the church out. Not one thing. We're on borrowed time. And once we go, there'll be seven years. Once we go, he'll step in. And for seven years, three and a half years, he'll be peaceful and make a treaty with Israel and then... All hell will break loose in the tribulation ending up in the battle of Armageddon. And it's at that stage that the stone cut out without hands, the Lord shall return with his saints and smash and rain for a thousand... That's what my Bible tells me. Maybe you have a different Bible. And reign for a thousand years we'll see in daniel chapter 7 the antichrist coming up in the midst of these kingdoms and don't get too taken up with the 10 people were saying when it went over the 10 oh, what's going to happen now there's going to just be 10 when the 10 comes the antichrist will come they don't have to be kings So don't get all taken up with the many's in it, the many's in it. I said earlier on, I can't remember if there were many in it, and there could be more, and there could be less. But whenever the Antichrist arises, whenever we go on, the day or the week that he arises, he's going to put three of them out. I wonder what three that'll be. And you see, they're all looking for a man. Send us a man. We need a man. We need someone to sort this out. They'll take anybody tonight. Man, if someone inspired by the devil tonight that would be able to say, this is the way, we, this is the way you handle this. This is the way you handle the, the crisis here. This is the way you handle this crisis. That's the way you handle this crisis. And they'll all fall at his feet and they'll worship the beast. Jesus said, do you remember? Jesus says, I come in my name to the old Pharisees and you'll not receive me. But he says another will come in his name and you'll receive him. I don't want Christ tonight. Don't mention Christ. The laugh that I heard this video. I watched it. But the word of God. Let me say in closing and I know... I'm going over time because I don't want to start. I can't start on the Antichrist coming up to, into the middle of this tonight, but I will next week. Let me close on how Rome was, the f- was how Rome fell. If you study, you'll find that she fell with immorality and strife and division amongst themselves, in particular immorality. Now there's a message here for us. In Romans 2, Paul says, the wrath of God, writing to the church of Rome, talking about Rome, he says, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness. Wherefore God has given them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own heart, dishonoring their own bodies, Vile affections, women changing the natural use into that which is against nature. Men with men burning with lust, one toward another. I'm reading from Romans chapter 1. I'm not reading from the Belfast Telegraph. You want to hear it again? The wrath of God is upon you, Paul says. You vile affections. Women changing their natural use into that which is against nature. Men with men, burning with lust one towards another, dishonoring their own bodies. The city of Rome in Paul's day. And listen, remember this. Whenever Daniel prophesied this about Rome ruling the world and the great iron military kingdom that it was and the many years that he lasted, whenever he said that, Rome was just a village on the banks of the Tiber River. And if anybody would have said to Paul, that's mad. Or said to Daniel, that's mad. It says three times, "God, God, give them up, God, give them up, God, give them over. And I'm sending a warning out to our nation tonight. And I have every right to as the watchman and the servant of God. And I'm saying this: It's not the Russians, nor the Muslims, nor the Europeans that will destroy, are just destroying Britain. They're destroying it themselves from within. A quarter of the Parliament in Westminster sodomites or lesbians. You can't slay ten children, ten million children in the womb from nineteen sixty seven and slay them and murder them and get away with it. The judgment and the wrath of God is coming on the nation. You can't legalize same sex marriage. And sodomy that the abomination that God hates. We can't do it and we need a voice against it because the wrath of God is upon the nation. In America they took the word of God out of the schools and the gunmen came in and slew the children and slain them in hundreds. They've taken the word of God out of the schools in Britain. They've taken them out of the hotels. They've taken them out of the hospitals. And the knives are in. Lovely, precious young people have been slain every night on the streets. Instead of calling a night of prayer and repenting and turning to God, Putting millions into the Muslims and building their temples. Back in the Gay rights a million and a half. There not so long ago came to them. The judgment of God is on the nation. And they're going down like Rome went down. Can I say in closing, and I'm finished now, thank you for listening to me. Time. The time is short. Not time is short. Paul says, the time. Listen, son. The time that you have is short. You, dear. You're not saved, and well you know you're not. Backslider tonight. Is it not time you came back? And got your Bible and started to preach again and pray again and stand again. Well, I tell you if you could get a few men like Daniel got and spent the night and God had turned the tide very quick. Very quick. Tonight, now, come to Christ, will you? Chat others here and have a cup of tea. Speak to some of us. Don't leave tonight. This is serious. This is serious stuff. And you know this is truth. And there's plenty more to come. Oh, what an awful day. What an awful hour we're living in. Just on the edge of our Lord Jesus coming back again, Hallelujah! Are you ready? Be ye also ready, for ye you know not the day or the hour, but the Son of Man come. He come with speed, the lightning. From the east to the west. He'll come with surprise with the thief in the night. He'll come with the sound of the trumpet. Let us pray. Uh, we've been preaching for nearly an hour and you've been so good and listening to the word just let's take a wee moment ask yourself if you don't believe this is true ask, say, say to yourself if it would be true Where do I stand? My friend, it's true. It's true. If you're not saved tonight and you'd like to just pray after me, will you? Just pray a prayer prayer will not save you but the Lord will save you and if you mean it from your heart and you say Lord just say Lord I'm a sinner that's all I did Lord I'm a sinner come into my heart tonight and cleanse me from my sin I want to be ready when you come give me that peace with God give me that sleep back Lord I'm a troubled soul tonight save me you pray a prayer like that will you and if you do tell us and if you want any help just speak to us and i have some booklets at the door and i'll give you some on the way out we're not going to sing again those of you who go go and those who stay for tea are very welcome father we thank you again once more for your precious word Revealed unto Daniel all those years ago, Lord, that yet has to take place. Lord, everything in history happened right down to the last bit, to the last hour, to the last year, and to the last day. Why should we doubt, Lord, that the last verses of this mighty prophecy, Father, will not take place? Lord, we can see the toes and the feet in the clay of the old Roman Empire mixing, Lord, or trying to mix, and it's not working. Oh, God, we thank you for your mighty word. We thank you for that blessed, lovely uh, image of the Lord Jesus, the stone made without hands. Hallelujah. It's going to smash all these evil and wicked systems oh we thank you that we're saved tonight thank you Lord that you ever brought us into the kingdom thank you Lord for ever forgiving our sins praise you tonight for all that you've done bless those that go and bless those that stay we ask all this in the precious lovely wonderful and adorable name of our Savior and for his sake Amen Amen.